millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. It's November. I can't believe we've made it to November, folks. Uh, but nevertheless, we are. I hope you had a lovely Halloween if you were celebrating it. And uh, we are, of course, now starting the long haul that is the COP26 summit. I told you, didn't I, that we'd be hearing a lot about this. I've been warning you about this. If you've had any sense, you've gone on holiday. Long haul, private jet would be my suggestion. Uh, that's kind of what the world leaders who are telling us how to live our lives and want to judge us a lot more for doing the sort of things that they do all the time uh, are going to be telling us we need to do uh, to deal with uh, climate change, to keep below 1.5 degrees Celsius uh, change in temperature uh, over uh, the next a quarter of a century or so. Uh, but we've been warned by the Prime Minister uh, that uh, in cop out, COP26 must not be a cop-out. And the Prime Minister today uh, will say uh, that we need to make sure uh, that uh, we, are, we are taking serious action and says we are one minute to midnight. Prince Charles was saying similar things at the G20 summit yesterday as well. Lots of doom and gloom about. We are on a precipice. If we don't act now, it's the end of the earth and end of humanity. Well... Is it? Well, let's talk about uh, that and lots of other subjects today. This morning with my guest joining me this morning, Matthew Lesh. He's head of research at the Adam Smith Institute, the free market think tank. Good morning to you. Good morning. You're young and therefore, <laughs> I'm assumed, fully signed up to the we're all going to die. We're either going to burn to death in forest fires. We're going to be, I don't know, we're going to turn to dust in drought or we're going to be drowning in tidal waves of rising oceans. I don't know which it is today. It changes most weeks. But are you fully signed up to this? Look, look I won't speak for, for um, others, but I, I can't I say I particularly think the world is about to be over. It does seem like we get this kind of absurd apocalyptic rhetoric every year or so around these conferences. It's always one minute to midnight. We're always on the precipice. The world is always about to be over. Uh, this isn't actually even new to climate change. We've heard this in the population bomb. We've heard this about these ideas that we're about to run out of food, that um, all types of other environmental issues are going to destroy us. What we underestimate inevitably is our ability to overcome these issues, to innovate, to, to fix problems as they arise. And this is the thing, actually, because we're, one of the things that Boris Johnson has been saying at the G20, we know he's going to say today, is about how, you know, this is the only way we've got of tackling this issue. Right. OK, so if you're going to accept, yes, that the climate is changing, which it, of course it is, if you're going to accept that man has a contribution to that, we're told that science is settled on that. The amount to which man is changing the climate is not settled. That's nonsense. It is, it is not settled. But even if you accept that man is, is, is responsible for all of climate change, even if you start from that premise... 
that doesn't mean necessarily that the, what that this idea of net zero is the way to go about it, because it's only in the last few weeks and months, I think, that people, the politicians have actually been forced to start talking about what they mean by that. And I've been asking this question for years. Like, what, you know, what does that mean? So when you do the Green Party come on, which... When I say Green Party, I mean the Conservatives, Labour Party, Liberal Democrats, uh, SNP and the Greens, because they're all Green Parties now. Um, the, I ask you, know, what, what does that mean? What will that cost me as a taxpayer? What will that cost me as a consumer? What are you going to limit in my life? Because if we're told we can't keep living the life where we lead, what, we, what they mean is you're going to have to charge people a lot extra to do things to limit the number of people who can do it and how often they can do it. So that means, you know, cars trains, trains would be included in this, uh, aeroplanes, um, you know, going on holiday. But also now we know the heat pumps, heating your home, not only going to pay more to heat your home, it's uh, and have your pump, it's not going to actually heat your home. I'm not sure that works for me or most people. Um, and, and so actually get to the bottom of what is this going to cost us? What is the actual bill for this? And I think an awful lot of people are waking up and going, uh, sorry, yeah, I'm all signed up to, yes, I'm worried about climate change. Yes, I care about the environment. But no, I'm not willing to not have a foreign holiday because I can't afford the, the cost to get on a plane. And I'm not willing to give up my car. I'm not willing to give up having the heating on. Yeah, I think the simple truth is we can't solve climate change by impoverishing people, uh, be it in the West in terms of pushing up cost of living for the poorest or in the developing world as well. I mean, we've seen over the weekend refusal from the likes of China, Russia, India about phasing out coal power. They need coal power, particularly in, in the yeah. short to medium term, in order to electrify their economies, lift people out out of poverty. I mean, the, the, the most biggest direct environmental issue today is, is the fact that there are still billions of people who use um, it in order to heat their homes, in order to cook food. They, they burn fuels that yeah. lead to pollution. And that, that actually leads to... They burn to wood, particularly wood, but wood and coal in their homes. When we talk about people dying from you know, environmental pollution, what they're talking about is people who are burning these fuels in their homes because mm. they don't have access and, to electricity uh, or, or gas, you know, gas central yeah. heating. And, and they don't have access to that because they're not industrialised. Because we're saying to these countries, you must not industrialise because industrialisation is bad. Yeah, I mean, in order to reach post-industrialisation, in order to decarbonise, they need the opportunity to develop in the first place to get richer. Yeah. And, and the richer you are, the more able you're going to be able to deal with the consequences of climate change. The, mm. the number of um, climate and extreme weather-related deaths over the last 100 years has declined by 99%. Yeah. That's not necessarily because the, the amount of events have changed or, or gone down. It's because we're so much better at adapting. We're so much richer. Yeah. And yeah. the richer and earthquake, countries yeah. are. I mean, you know, anything that happens, you know, yeah, a hurricane in, you know, in a first world country, you lose a few dozen or worse, a few hundred people. Mm. I mean, it's terrible. But, you know, it happens in a third world country. You lose thousands. Yeah. It's that simple. See, see what happens to Haiti versus what, what happens to Florida. You know, you get yeah. some pretty similar hurricanes coming through. So the more these countries can develop, the more they can um, marketize, the more they can deal with environmental issues, they can solve environmental issues. So we but have to... Research, spending on research and development into this area has actually gone down in recent years and across recent decades. We should be spending billions, every country, we should all be spending billions of pounds. Uh, we should be incentivising. I mean, I'm perfectly in favour of things like you know, Prince William and his Earth uh, Prize. Where you just Right, seriously, come up with an amazing innovation. Someone someone in, the, in a shed somewhere, someone mm. in a lab somewhere, and we will reward you with riches beyond your wildest dreams. You can come up with a technological, technological solution to this problem. It's there. 
it's waiting for us. We've had those solutions come before. Um, but the thing I find extraordinary is, again, the, the, the likes of you know Shell and other oil producers, they've not been invited to COP26. Um, nuclear power, the mm. nuclear representation of that industry, no, they're not invited. I mean, if you really are concerned about burning of fossil fuels and you want a solution as soon as possible, the number one thing you should be pushing for right now is nuclear as a as a as an interim maybe not as a long term but as an interim measure which we know is reliable and we know uh, is safe and we know is 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 not you know doesn't burn carbon fuels and is renewable but no but they they're not they they want to push fully on the wind turbines and the solar power wind and, and wave power, which I'm sorry, at the current technological level we're at, is not going to hack it. Yeah, I mean, the, the key issue is storage here. It's, it's not reliable. Sol, solar and wind has gone down in cost, yeah. but that the cost of storage is still very high, that the cost of batteries just isn't there yet. And well, nuclear, it, would cost, it would cost trillions of pounds to have the sort of yeah. battery power to store wind. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and that's why nuclear is so key, because it gives you that baseload energy um, at a, a, a relatively extremely safe I should say level at a relatively low cost that that is manageable it's you just look at the comparison where in between France and Germany in Germany they've been shutting down nuclear power stations that's resulted in more coal and thousands of more people dying as a result of pollution in Germany compare that to France where they're something like 70 percent nuclear much greener economy as a result the only green technology that is reliable is nuclear yeah absolutely and and one of the things I do find frustrating as well is a lot of the ways we've we've hit our got hit onto our targets so far and the plan to hit our targets is actually we effectively just shut down a lot of manufacturing in this country and then we go and buy things from overseas and go oh it's absolutely terrible that China's got all these coal powered you know coal fired power stations and it's absolutely terrible but let's buy lots of cheap goods from there which mean our economy can keep burning and going on and, and running but but we know what we you know the only reason those goods are cheap is because they've got cheap energy because they're not doing subsidizing and also I mean China China is not attending the Chinese President Xi Jinping and the Russian President Vladimir Putin, neither of them are attending. Um, but I mean, you know, reality is uh, they're just laughing on the other sides of their faces. They think it's hilarious that we're all committing ourselves to these targets. Meanwhile, while they try and you know, empower on them, okay, Putin, not so much with his economy, but certainly China. China is busy building, you know, doing whatever it wants, carrying on, and is, as you say, building their way out of. I mean, massive poverty for, for large swathes of the population. And they're not going to stop doing that to get a nice headline in The Guardian. No, and, and their, their targets are much less ambitious. That they, mm. We say net zero by 2050, they say maybe by 2060. But uh, even yesterday at the, at the G20, they, they, the target, everyone was saying it was quite pessimistic end. I mean, people are starting to manage expectations, aren't they? I mean, it's COP26 because the last 25 haven't really achieved anything. Paris uh, Accord, they weren't, they're not binding. Um, but the, yesterday they were talking about net zero in the middle of the century, but without a date. Mm, yeah, well, the, the middle, as, as my mid-20s continue yes. on, uh, much longer yes. than... Ex- my mid-40s <laughs> have carried on for ages. It's, it's, it's quite extraordinary. I think that's the key point, though, about COP26. It's actually not one of the major conferences. It's, it's not... Where you're going to get a, a new accord? All they're doing to sl- all they can try to achieve is slightly tighten up some yeah. of the commitments. And so they've, they've sold this for the last twelve months, or even longer than that, I should say, as the the big once and for all event. It's yeah. it's not really. It's yeah. just it's just another event in a long process. Just another boring conference. Yes, I, I mean, thank you. This, this is the thing. It really is. Um, we've got to talk before we move on about um all the other aspects of this, though. I mean, it's one year late. 
Uh, Glasgow's had apparently rat infestation because they've had strikes. They're threatening of more strikes. They've had the bad weather. Um, I mean, thousands of people were delayed getting uh, to Glasgow yesterday because uh, the railway lines were down because a tree a tree had fallen. Um, we've got 25,000 delegates mostly arriving by plane, including a lot of people from Europe, which I believe it is possible to travel around without going by plane if that's what you care about. I get planes. They're quick and they're really easy. <laughs> um, we've got 400 plus private jets coming in, political and business leaders. And the typical rank hypocrisy that um, under the rules in Scotland, well, obviously across England you know, you, as, as well, you have to um, show a, a negative test upon arrival. No, not necessary uh, for, for people arriving for COP. And of course, you have to have a vaccine passport to go to uh, any venues in Scotland right now. Uh, but no, not if you're a delegate at COP. I mean, there are even two different, there's a blue and a green zone. In the zone for the delegates, you don't have to show a vaccine passport. And for the ordinary, you know, us virus spreading disease scum, we, we, we would have to show a vaccine passport. The rank hypocrisy mm. is, I mean, it's so telling. I mean, I'll say for, for the sake of full disclosure that I'm, I'm going up to an event in Glasgow next mm. week and I may be flying up. Um, I've got but, no issue with that. It's quite, it's a very quick, efficient way of getting up there. Well, correct. And, and actually much lower cost, it turned out on the day. Uh, it's actually cheaper for you to fly than get the train. Oh, yeah. All the all the train costs are just outrageously expensive, not to mention the, the um, accommodation costs. But, I mean, the difference is the hypocrisy, which is I, I would never tell anyone to stop flying in order to address climate change. We can't expect people to change their, their quality of life. But you have all these people who are, who are going around the world in private jets saying people need to make better environmental decisions. It is the rank hypocrisy of it and, and the, the separate treatment and the, the special treatment you see time and time again. It's, it's do as I say, not as yeah. I do. I mean, again, we also have the, the, the usual mask madness as well. They, yesterday, the G20, they arrive with the mask, walking through fresh air, and then they walk into the bus and take their mask off. The theatre of all of this is what I think gets people. But I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm really pleased this is happening at this time and we are getting to expose the hypocrisy that when people hypocritical it's not that oh it's it's a small silly matter it doesn't matter the point is it exposes that they don't believe what they're saying because if people don't act if these people genuinely believe that we were in this absolutely you know life or death race to save the planet they would be behaving differently and they're not which tells you that they don't believe what they're telling us and that therefore we should not believe what they're saying and we shouldn't literally act on what they're saying and I'm sorry I just think this is exposed I mean I think so many things over Covid as well but that this has absolutely exposed the hypocrisy I mean Prince Charles flew out by private jet yesterday to to uh, to Rome and then flew back again I mean you you couldn't make this stuff up um, 6.46 is time we'll look at the front pages um, of course COP is on a lot of them and then we'll also talk about French fishing wars oh yes and the bat that has won Bird of the Year in New Zealand. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.